Well, good morning, guys. It's good to see, good to have you in our worship today, and it's good to see a few folks that have uh, come in on me this morning as well. Uh, a couple of guests, so we delighted that you you're with us as well. But you know, these last uh, couple weeks we have gone virtual, and let me just explain to you why we've done that. is It's all about because of precaution. It's not because we've had any kind of outbreak in our congregation. It was just to give us time for these two weeks after the holidays uh, to just, just, you know, make sure we're all safe. We have all intentions of being right back in this building with everyone welcome to come uh, starting next Sunday. And uh, so we're just thankful that you're able to, to view in with us virtually. And it's a brief service today. We are going to play a song in just a moment, and I'll come back with a, a time of prayer, and then we'll move right into the message. But we welcome each and every one, and I trust everyone is uh, doing well at home. So enjoy your coffee and your donut while I preach to you today in your, in your pajamas as well. But uh, we look forward to a time we are to get back together. Let me just cover a couple things in the air of announcements and remind you on a few things. Of course, our Sunday school classes are virtual this week uh, at 6 o'clock uh, on Thursday. Donna Felker is doing her class. My class is at, uh, on Tuesdays at 6.30. Uh, the links and emails that each class member has, has received in the past, use that same email with that link. We've extended it so those emails are not old emails any longer. Just, just hang on to the same one, even though the date says that it has expired it's not. Uh, just hang on to that email, go to that same link, and it should get you into the class on Tuesdays as well as Thursdays. And also, we've got a deacons meeting next Sunday. We'll probably do that deacons meeting, and I'll be touching base with all the deacons uh, this week. We'll probably do that virtually next Sunday evening, if, if at all possible. Uh, this Wednesday, we're going to have a leadership team meeting. That one will be virtual, and I'll be contacting the, the leadership team and trying to set that up. Uh, for this Wednesday. So, you know, that's basically all that's, that's related to our time together uh, this week. And we hope to be back to what we call normal now, <laughs> being back together uh, for worship. We do have a few people who have, have been sick for the last couple of weeks. They're all doing well, getting better, and uh, we trust that you are as well. But uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. And relish in the fact that God is good and he's good all the time. He understands where we are. He understands what we're going through. Uh, he has created life. He, has, he sustains life. And he gives us uh, the great privilege and the honor of knowing him and making him known. Because he is our Lord. He is our King. He is our Messiah. We're going to play a song uh, that the Gathering Gang has done and recorded. Uh, Jesus Messiah. So just listen to this song. And, uh, and let this uh, kind of sink into your heart. If for some reason uh, we get kicked off of Facebook because Facebook has changed the, 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 the algorithm and doing different things, if you happen to get kicked off, uh, just hang tight. Uh, we will get back online. Uh, of course, we will also post it later this afternoon, the whole service in its entirety. So hopefully we won't have any interruption. But if you do, don't get frustrated. Hang with us, please do. Uh, sometimes you have to back out of Facebook, come back on, and then you'll see the live connection all over again. So uh, let's worship the Lord. Let's celebrate Jesus, and let's celebrate that he is Lord. Listen to this song and let it sink into your heart. Mm -hmm. 
became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. Name above all names. Blessed Guys, you know, when that song is a beautiful song to remind us that, that Jesus is Lord of our life. We worship the Lord. We worship him in spirit and in truth. And we 
celebrate the fact that, that he is our God and he is our king. Today I want to bring a message that's entitled, When Jesus is Lord. In Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, a very short passage of scripture, but hopefully we'll get substance and meaning to it in just a moment. But I want us to lead, lead you in a, in a prayer this morning and, and pause and recognize who God is and in relationship uh, to our own lives. Father, we thank you that today we're able to celebrate, to celebrate the life that you have given each of us, life spiritually that we have been given to know you as Father and to know you as King, to realize that friendship and the closeness that we have with Abba Father is not an accident. It is an intention and your desire that we draw closer to you. May our time here as our thought processes are together in worship, as we look into your word and look into a message, may it sink deep within our own spiritual souls so that we celebrate the relationship that we have with you, that we celebrate that you are our king, you are our, our Lord, you are our Messiah. And we just want to say we love you today and we honor you. We pray for those who maybe today are not feeling good or maybe have a little bit of anxiety, maybe those who have some fear, just because of all that we've been dealing with over the last 10 months. Father, I pray for a peace, and I pray for an overwhelming joy, and I pray for a calmness, and I pray that, that each person will understand that, that you have their life in your hands. You are our great physician, you are our caregiver, you are our provider, and we give you praise. We also pray for those who have gone through the difficult times in their own life financially over the last several months, who may have experienced sickness themselves or going through something right now. We ask that you just uplift them, encourage them, and give them strength. Lord, thank you for allowing the church to be a prominent and, and permanent presence in the, lives of our, in, in the life of our community and the lives of individuals. May, Father, we continue to be a beacon that shines for you, and we continue to, to look forward to the times that we can hold hands, hug one another, pray with one another, share with one another, minister with one another side by side. And we just give you praise. May this word that we speak today be the words from heaven. In your name that we pray. Amen. When Jesus is Lord, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46 through 49, it says, Jesus says, basically, he is being questioned. He is being asked certain things. And here is his response. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my word, and acts on them. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against the house and couldn't shake it because... It was well built. But the one who hears and does not act like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. 
The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed. And the destruction of that house was great. Well, there's obviously no riding of the fence when it comes to our relationship to the Lord. It's either or. You are connected to God or you're not. There's no in-between. And if you are solidly connected in relationship to God, you're on a firm foundation. If you are out of fellowship with God, you are on sinking sand. And yet, Jesus gives us some tidbits on what it means to call him Lord, Lord. You know, it seems natural to address Jesus as Lord. The title belongs to him and to him alone. It is a title that should reverence in our heart and our mind. It should reverence us to the point to where it causes us to stop and causes us to breathe in a spiritual sense and realize that we are given the privilege of addressing the God of this world, the God who created the universe, the God who has created each of us as we are in the uniqueness of who we are, and we're given the privilege of saying, He is Lord. You know, this is, this is a, a wonderful personal term all throughout Scripture when we call Jesus Lord, when we direct, address God as Lord. Even the Hebrews saw that the term Lord, the title Lord, was the personal name of God. And if you called Him Lord, it meant that you knew Him. And if you knew him, you want to love him. If you love him, you want to live for him. And if you want to live for him, you want to make him known to others around you. The term Lord is more than a term. It is a title that expresses a personal representation of what we believe when it comes to God himself. You know, the We're reminded in this scripture, as well as in the Old Testament, of, of people who understand relationship to God. We're also reminded of those who do not. You know, I go back in my mind and I recall the story of Daniel. Daniel who spent some time in the lion's den in a blazing furnace with three friends and yet came forth as gold because God protected him. And Daniel was one who understood God as Lord of his life. He understood as a personal thing, as a personal relationship, that that God was his friend and he understood him more than just a deity. He understood him as Lord of his life. It is an affirmation today that he is... God. It is an affirmation today that He has all authority in all of our lives. God has absolute authority when it comes to our relationship to who He is. It's not an idle thing to address Jesus as Lord. Yet then is now not everyone that addresses Him Lord actively lives under that Lordship. So there is no value in simply saying Jesus is Lord. The value is that Jesus is Lord and we live under that lordship. 
Jesus sets forth some essentials that are based on this text of Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. And yet he makes clear that this is the only life that will stand the storms of life. And that life is committed to him on a solid foundation built within the relationship that he gives us. So let me talk with you. What does it mean when Jesus is Lord? I want to give you about three points and understand this as we go along. And we're talking about the personal relationship. First of all is this. There is a personal relationship with him. When we address him as Lord, that means that you and I have a personal relationship that we believe in, that we understand, that we are glad we're a part of. It is a relationship that changes us from the inside out, that motivates us as we move forward in life. It is a relationship that presents to us that we are his disciples, willing to learn, willing to study, willing to show ourselves approved, willing to re- recognize that, that he has all of our, our well-being and he has all of the intentions of our life ever before him wanting the best for us as we live in that relationship with him. The person under his lordship comes to me. Remember Jesus says, Come all of you who are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Now, I want to pause for a moment. If for some reason you are heavy laden at home and you are at a point in which you you are at your wits end, and I know some have really stayed in during this pandemic and have been very protective of themselves and their family, and it's driving you crazy. Guys, get on your knees. If you have to get a pillow and put two of them on on the floor, put those pillows on the floor, get on your knees and cry out to Jesus. He says, come unto me, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's not, I'll give you rest when I want to. It's not, well, if I think about it, and and if I think it's good for you, I'll give you rest. No, there's a promise. If you come to him, he says, I will give you rest. That is a rest beyond the understanding. That is a peace. That is a serenity. That is only something that can happen in the transaction of going to God that can happen between you and God. So call upon him. Come unto him. Well, in in order to enter in relationship, we have to come unto him. We give give him our heart. We simply say to him, I give you my life. Therefore, we enter into a personal relationship. So when Jesus is Lord, it says that we have come unto him and we are in relationship with him. So that's that's the establishment of the relationship and then there's a continuance of that relationship. Let me give substance to what I mean. The establishment of the relationship is from the very earliest memory and the moment of life in which a personal relationship is established by coming to Jesus, we understand that he is Lord at that point in our life. We come to him to make a faith response to him, to realize that he indeed is Lord. The unique revelation of God and the supreme authority of the Lordship of Christ is in charge of our life. That's the first step. And when this realization seizes the person, they respond to God in faith, in commitment, and the acceptance of the relationship is one thing, and now living forth through that relationship is another. That's the Lordship of Christ. And then that continuance of relationship 
is a present tense. It's not a past tense. It is a continual action, which means that as a continuous force in our life, while there are special moments in which we understand God visits us throughout our time with him, in relationship with him, we also know that nothing's going to change that relationship. He is not going to say, I'm tired of you, Benji. Uh, you've known me so long, I'm ready to move on. You're boring to me, and therefore you're not needed in my life. God does not want that. He, he affirms to us every day as we get to know him, live for him, and love him. It is a continuous, present tense relationship that can only get better through time and through commitment. So he keeps on affirming what is the true center of life. And that's what Jesus is saying. If Jesus is the true center of a person's life, they have built their relationship, they have built their life upon the rock that will not be overtaken by flood, will not be destroyed. But those who do not build, build their relationship upon Christ in life is on sinking sand, is on a foundation that can be easily toppled and easily destroyed. You see, knowing who God is and knowing God are two different things. Many people know God and they know of God and they've built their life upon a foundation that can easily be destroyed. But the people who have come to know him and make him known are the ones who have built their relationship that is solid. So the relationship that we have is a continual, everyday, vital relationship that really transplants the mind, changes the character, and gives us new ground to stand on in everyday life. To really know Him and to have relationship with Him is to trust Him with all our heart. And Jesus says, what is, He was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love. And in order to love, there has to be a relationship. And so Jesus says, basically, the greatest commandment is to live in relationship with the Lord God and to love him with your whole being, everything within you, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's all about that love relationship. So when Jesus is Lord, it means when you and I proclaim that Jesus is Lord of our life, it means that we have a personal relationship uh, with him. Second of all, is that when Jesus is Lord, there is personal instruction that comes from him. And he says, and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? He's talking about you hearing the things that are said. Jesus used it to describe life under his lordship. This grows out of this personal relationship with him. To be under his lordship is to be under his instruction. Hearing what the Lord says is a present tense action once again. And it means that it's a continuous thing. It's the pattern of life. So when you and I hear from God, 
It is not that we've heard from him. It's that we continue to hear from him. And being in that relationship that is a continual relationship, we hear on a continual basis in that relationship and we hear from God and therefore we receive the instructions that are given to us this day. And as it becomes a personal relationship, it becomes a directive relationship so that we continue in our discipleship And this word comes to us in so many beautiful ways and it comes alive within us. And so that relationship, when Jesus is Lord, is about a relationship that gives us instruction that comes to us directly from God. And the first way is through his scripture. It's through his word. As well as second of all, through his spirit. Again, we'll give substance and meaning to both of those in just a minute. So when you think of scripture... The the first means by which the Lord speaks to his disciples today is his word. The written scripture will have a special place in a person's life who is under his rule, who is under his lordship. That person never reads and studies and meditates upon that word without living in and under the lordship of Christ. The true disciple has a hunger to know the mind of God to know the character of God, to know the actions of God, and to implement that into their own personal life and to imitate the actions of who God is based on Scripture, regularly understanding that Scripture and faithfully living forth that Scripture. And we, as we do that, we're hearing the voice of God in action through our life because of the written Scripture. And so you understand the relationship to, to Jesus He being Lord of our life, first is the establishment of the relationship, and second of all is living through the instruction because of that relationship that comes through his word. And second of all is through the spirit. We can never minimize the work of the spirit of God who breathes life into our thought processes, who breathes life into the crevices of our heart, who guides us, the unction of the, of the Holy Spirit, as we call it, that moves us to be able to say the things we say, do the things that we do, act the way that we do, respond the way that we do, be at the right place at the right time, to go through the right door at the right moment. It's because of the Spirit of living God who is active and present in that person's life, all because that person has submitted their life in relationship to the Lord, living under that Lordship, listening to the Scripture, and understanding the obedience of the Holy Spirit in and in, 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 in her, his or her life. In other words, the Spirit will guide you to all truth. The Spirit of God will never guide you to evil. The Spirit of God will never guide you to to confusion. The Spirit of God will never guide you to a point that it pulls you away from your relationship to God. The Spirit of God will always guide you into truth. And if you're at a point and you don't understand the truth, then you are not being led by the Spirit. The Spirit will lead you to the truth, not the evil. And as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God, as Romans 8 verse 14 says. So the great news is, as you are led by the Spirit, entered into a relationship, a relationship that's continuing, a relationship that's speaking to you, a relationship that has the voice of God, it's a relationship that says, you are my son, you are my daughter, and you have the privilege of knowing me as your Abba Father. This is the identifying mark of a person under the lordship 
today. The Holy Spirit instructs them. We must not divorce ourselves from the instruction of the Holy Spirit and from the Holy Scripture. They will never conflict with one another. The Holy Spirit will always speak through His Holy Scriptures. This is the basic to living under the Lordship. In other words, we hear what He's saying. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that you hear that I say? That's what Jesus is basically saying to His disciples. We listen to Him. True listening requires a certain attitude, and as we listen to Him, the attitude of reverence and the attitude of trust builds within our life, and we realize the joy of that Lordship. He is Lord. When Jesus is Lord, it's an exciting part of your life. It is the instruction that you do not dread. It is the instruction that you live for. It is the instruction that makes a difference in the person you are and it inundates who you are and you become a better person because of it. So we said when Jesus is Lord, a personal relationship is established. We know that. When Jesus is Lord, we understand the personal instruction that comes from him. And number three, when Jesus is Lord, there is a personal obedience to him. I stand with many couples today, and one of the couples that is here in the building with me today is one that I performed their wedding ceremony as well. And I like to say this, that none of us as husbands and wives are anticipating marriage want to use the term, well, I will obey you, honey. But at the same time, even though we may not say that, we realize that in real life, we do obey the spouse. And even though we may not like to say the word, we do it. But yet when it comes to relationship to the Lord, it is an exclamation point that we want to say together, I want to be obedient to the Lord because he's Lord of my life. I want to demonstrate that my life is built upon a solid foundation and it's built upon the rock that cannot be destroyed because of my love for him and because of my obedience to him, because of my faith and belief in him, and because of the knowing that God has everything in my life mapped out the way he wants. And so obedience grows out of that relationship. It grows naturally from that relationship. So with this personal obedience, these three things, obedience grows, obedience is very specific, and obedience is continuous. And I'll give substance to all those three as we go along here as well. Jesus was not establishing a new reign of legalism. Rather, the relationship with him is such that you want to do his word. It is an expression of your trust in him and devotion to him. As couples are married, it's not a dread and it's not, oh, I have to do this in order to make this marriage work. It is a privilege and an honor to obey and serve our spouses and to live with them and to do life on life together to build the relationships that we have in our families. And the same must be with God, that it is a desire and a privilege and an honor and a joy to live in devotion to him, and we want to trust him, we want to live for him, and we want to be obedient to him. Later he would say, if you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus says. Again, he would say, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So the demonstration of friendship 
And the demonstration of love is based on the obedience that you and I do in life. Now, obedience doesn't prove our love and obedience doesn't prove our friendship. But because we're friends and because we love the Lord, we want to be obedient unto Him. These statements make it clear that obedience grows out of that relationship. The love relationship keeps it from becoming a destructive relationship or a destructive leadership. This is the reason he could say, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, learn from my yoke that is easy, my burden is light. Jesus says that, to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, learn from my yoke, it's easy, and my, my burden is light, John declares, and his commandments are not burdensome. So in other words, it's not a burden to, to be obedient to God. It is a privilege. Relationship to God is not a burden. It's, it's a wonderful privilege. And relationship to God, because Christianity is not about the religion, it's about the relationship. And so it is about our understanding the, the, of the privileges that we have and the obedience grows out of such privilege. And second of all, obedience is very specific. It's not that we obey him in a general sort of way. Rather, we give careful attention to the specific words of the Lord and we seek to implement them into our lives. It's that when we find something in Scripture that says, you know, this is what's best for me, based on what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say to me, based on the very words of God, it hits me to my heart and I say, this is what's best for me. This is what God's saying to me. And it becomes very specific. And we concern now about not only what his words say to us, but what his will is defined for us. Because when the relationship is growing and obedience grows out of the relationship, the will of God becomes very directive and very specific as well. The purpose of God for our lives we obey his words about prayer. We obey his words about witnessing. We obey his words about worry. We obey his words about our monies. We, we obey him about our neighbors and relationships to others, about our love, about the church, about our home situation. The word is the supreme of all of our life, and yet it grows, that obedience grows out of that relationship and it becomes more and more pinpointed and specific as we continue to understand his word every day of our lives. And third of all is the obedience is continuous. You know, there were times where my wife gave me a honeydew list and I did them and I got, I was very task oriented and I got them done real fast and, and then I smiled and it was done. And so it was almost as if there was some obedience there that I needed to follow for a little bit of time, and then I had freedom. But it's not so in relationship to God. It is an, a privilege, not a burden. It is a joy and not something that we dread. It is a continuous action. The obedience is continuous because we know it does a body good. It does, it does something best for us. It's the understanding of doing as the practice of life, of everyday life. We must not confuse continuous with complete. 
we're never going to be ultimately complete on this face of this earth, on this side of heaven. But yet we strive in that obedience to be as complete as we possibly can on a continuous basis, living for the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving Him with all our being, living for Him with all our being, having all the enthusiasm and knowing that relationship of life, the most important relationship that you and I have in life is relationship with the Lord, and He is our Lord, and we live under that Lordship. Being the sinners that we are, we're not capable of perfect obedience to the Lord Jesus, even with the wonderful assistance of the Holy Spirit. But just because we understand that doesn't mean we cash in and we, we walk away. We render to Him substantial obedience. The direction of our lives can be in the direction of obedience. We can have a heart for obedience. When we fall, we confess. When we're strong, we keep on going. We learn from our mistakes. We do better the next day. And obedience can help us to move right along in and through life. I read recently of the practice of the InterVarsity Fellowship that has a ministry to so many college and university campuses. They teach their leaders to approach each professing Christian with the assumption that he or she is ready to obey the Lord. Now, this catches my attention because I, as a pastor, have been guilty of approaching Christmas from, I mean, Christians from the opposite uh, standpoint and another assumption. But, but this should not be our assumption. Our assumption should be every person we meet is eager and ready to obey the Lord, and we're just going to be the, the, the catalyst that God's going to use to help them get there. A young person came to a spiritual leader in the midst of a real spiritual conflict the Lord Jesus had begun to press upon this young person a call to the mission field. This conflicted with his personal plans and everything he thought was so to be in his life. A real struggle began deep within his soul. After discussing the nature of this struggle for a while, the wise counselor helped the young person put the struggle into focus. Taking the young person's Bible, he turned to Acts chapter 10, verse 14, and it reads this. Peter said, not so, comma, Lord. Not so, Lord. The counselor pointed out the contradiction in the statement, not the contradiction in Scripture. He cannot say, not so, Lord. If you say not so, then he's not Lord. So he says, you are Lord of your own life if you're making your own decisions without him. The counselor left the young person with the Bible and a pencil, and he said, you must either mark out not so or Lord. And when you've made your decision, let me know. After a while, the young man joyfully showed him in his Bible that he marked out the words not so. So that when he realized that when Jesus is Lord, he's ready to obey him. And that's the key to relationship with him. The bottom line, the only life that will stand the storms are the ones, the lives that are connected fully to the Lord Jesus Christ, who understand his lordship and understand the passion God has for us as we live for, through our passion for him and our love for him. It is the life in which the Lordship is practiced 
not just professed. So I've said all this to ask you this question. Are you living in relationship to Christ and are you obedient to Him today? To me, there is no greater question to ask and there's no greater answer yet to be uh, answered by you but to affirm, yes, I'm living in relationship to Him, living in relationship to Him and I am living with the joy of obedience from the inner crevice of my heart. So living for him is the greatest joy of any person's life. Living with him, living for him, and him living in us. All those descriptions are the joy of that personal relationship. I trust today that your relationship to God is growing. That your concept of the Holy Scriptures is growing. The awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life is ever so mindful. And that your enthusiasm to be obedient to Jesus being Lord of your life is the utmost priority of who you are. I promise you if those things are in line together, you've built your life upon the rock a rock that has a solid foundation underneath your feet and the calamities cannot destroy it. But if something's missing in that relationship and you just know who he is and you don't know him, then I'm afraid to tell you that you're standing on sinking sand and it can easily be toppled over and be destroyed. So place your faith and place your trust upon the Lord himself and to recognize that he is Lord and that his lordship is real. Thanks be unto God for all that he gives us and all that we have to live in relationship to him, not only this day, but forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you give us the privilege, the joy, and the honor of, of recognizing that the relationship that we have is a relationship that's vibrant. It's not a dreadful relationship from your part to us, and it's not a dreadful relationship from our part to you. It is a mutual understanding and a betterment for our lives that the relationship as we get to know you greater and greater every day, that you come alive more and more in our hearts and minds and our vision and our passion than we could ever imagine. Lord, thank you for loving us when we fail you, and thank you for loving us when we succeed. Thank you for loving us when, when we are not lovable. And thank you for loving us when we have the greatest love for you. Thank you for loving us when we look our best. And thank you for loving us when we're not. I thank you for your patience and that love, that loving patience that you have with us when we are not patient with you. Lord, thank you for, for loving us with the, the greatest greatest gift that you could ever give us, your heart to ours. Lord, thank you for being the God that you are, and thank you for the privilege of calling you our Lord and our Savior. You are our Lord, you are our friend, and you are our provider. And we just say we love you today. We worship you in spirit and in truth, and we thank you for all that we have. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy your day and enjoy what God has given you. 
uh, to the rest of this day and rest of this week. And we look forward to seeing you back here face-to-face next Sunday at 9 o'clock for Sunday school and worship at 10 o'clock. So God bless you. Have a good day.